Hello, my name is Douglas Raymond Hawkins, and you're listening to the podcast Relating in Love. Welcome to episode number 16. This episode will continue to help you examine what success is to you and how to respond when that definition of success does not manifest for you, and we'll put the spotlight on a deeper insight at courage. But as always, let's begin with two of this episode's quotes. Ron Bennett said, when you start living a life of your dreams, there will always be obstacles, doubters, mistakes, and setbacks along the way. But with hard work, perseverance, and self-belief, there is no limit to what you can achieve. And Winston Churchill said, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Have you ever played a game called pick a hand? Pick a hand is placed, played by placing an object in one hand and asking the person with whom you're playing to pick which hand the object is in. Okay, suppose you and I were playing this game and I had failure in one hand and the fear of failure in the other. Which one would you be hoping for? Most would be hoping for simple failure and want to sidestep the negative feelings that are associated with it. The simple fact is, it is the fear of failure and other destructive emotions surrounding failure that keep us hiding within our comfort zone. It is this fear of failure that causes most individuals to lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. Once again, it is our society's near obsession with success that makes this fear of failure so prevalent and what makes it so dangerous is that it is this self-fulfilling fear that cuts us off from our goals and keep us stagnant. We cannot journey out of our comfort zone without risking failure. So we allow the fear we feel to drive us back to our psychological slumber. It is the very nature of life to eventually drive us from our comfort zone. And when that happens, we can go through a myriad of psychological and physical difficulties. Anyone who has ever made significant progress on his or her pathway can testify to the fact that it takes magnificent courage. There are some extraordinary individuals who are so gifted that they make the journey seem effortless, but don't be fooled. By its very nature, progress expects us to risk negative responses, conquer obstacles of opposition, triumph over our faults, and completely employ our resources. When we are knocked down, progress expects us to get up, wipe ourselves off, and try again. When we are discouraged, progress expects us to have the required fate to reach through it. When we are rejected, growth demands that we have the inner strength to succeed. When we can supply all that progress on our pathway demands, we find that we are no longer the unwitting victims of an unkind fate. We discover that we are in charge of fate. I added this section to this episode because I believe fear or the aversion to risk is the biggest obstruction on the pathway to love there is. In fact, it is such a stumbling block that each one of us has stumbled over it at some point or another. We stumble over it by yielding to its power and seeking shelter when we would have made much more progress by taking the path of responsibility the responsibility to others or to ourselves. We stumble over it when we allow it to take on mythic proportions and appear everywhere we look and on everything we touch. 
We stumble over it when instead of pursuing opportunities, we retreat because we imagine all of the dangers and ways we could be hurt. We stumble over it when we choose to be alone and joyless because not to be involves commitment and risk. Todd Evan Pressman, in his exceptionally enlightening book, Radical Joy, points out that when we face our fear head on, a sleeping giant awakens in us. We realize there must be something in us bigger than the fear, something ennobling, something joyous and magnificent that has the power to stand up to it. And standing up to it, we see the gold it hid all the time, end quote. Fear always gives way to freedom and to joy. For the one high truth that no fear can stand up to is that fear is impermanent. Only joy is enduring. In the end, all fears must pass and lose their power. That which threatens cannot threaten forever without becoming commonplace and uninteresting. If it does strike, even if it does its worst to us, Eventually, it is forgotten. We learn the important lesson that tis too shall pass. We always have the power to choose joy over fear. What we put our attention on is up to us. Earlier in the same book, Todd Evan Pressman writes, we always have the power to choose joy over fear. What we put our attention on is up to us. If someone asked you to think apple, you can conjure up a picture in your mind of an apple. If someone then asked you to think orange, you can choose to change the picture in your mind and think of an orange. A simple shift in attention, shining a spotlight of awareness, first from one idea, then another. There is no order of difficulty in this. One is not scarier or harder to think of than the other. Again, it is simply a matter of whether or excuse me, where we place our attention. It is the same with joy or fear. A joyful idea is not harder to think of than a fearful one. The only thing that makes it difficult to choose joy is our continued investment in fear as a strategy for staying safe. We must see that not only does this strategy fail to make us truly safe, but it also keeps us ever afraid separate from joy. Running from fear in the hope of escape actually preserves the problem, infusing it with life. It keeps us forever on a treadmill, the fear just behind us all the time. We must get wise to this, recognize the illusion of fear, and choose joy once again." End quote. True freedom is not arranging circumstances to suit our wishes. This can never succeed. It is rather the ability to say yes to all things that life presents to us, then dance gracefully with them. Finding and facing our fear is the key. When we do so, we unveil the great secret the world is looking for, that nothing, nothing has the power to disturb our peace or limit our joy in any way. We are not the victims of the world we see. We are its creators. Once again, we are not the victims of the world we see. We are its creators, its directors, 
and ultimately its lovers. David M. Burns admonishes us to remember that fear always lurked behind perfectionism. Confronting your fears and allowing yourself the right to be human can paradoxically make you a far happier and more productive person, end quote. Now, this episode would not be complete if I didn't at least touch on courage. In his extremely encouraging book, Fight Your Fear and Win, Don Green, Ph.D., writes this about courage. The ability to act despite fear is courage. It requires you to have an ability to risk, to be proactive, to have a seize the initiative attitude rather than a defensive wait and see one. Your ability to risk defeat reflects how much stomach you have for failure as an outcome, whether you can cope or whether you're just too afraid of the unknown to risk it. Your ability to risk success measures how eagerly you embrace the undesirable consequences that will come with success, end quote. One of the greatest tragedies in life is the unwillingness to step out of our comfort zone and discover the very essence of life. In order to overcome this tragedy, we need courage. Courage is acknowledging and accepting a fearful situation and then transcending it so as to get done whatever it needs to be accomplished. Courage is facing down adversity. When almost every fiber of our being is screaming, give in, courage stands firm, listens to the heart's bugling and shouts, charge. Courage does not mean taking foolish risks, but it does mean taking a well-thought-out risk. We will need to be courageous if we are to stretch beyond our comfort zone and develop new psychological, intellectual, and emotional muscle. We will need courage to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off in preparation for another attempt. We would need courage to do these things in the face of occasional ridicule. Courage is more a matter of the heart than of the head because the mind can think of many excuses to quit when things get really demanding. Courage grows best in a self-confident heart and that self-confidence comes from knowing ourselves and our goals. I believe it takes courage to travel down the road that leads us back to genuine love. Every single one of us has courage within ourselves. For some, it's just harder to locate than others. To each person, this will mean different things. For some, change is a welcome thing while some fear it, and the same people that welcome change will be terrified of intimacy. The bottom line is that we all have our weak spots. And these are the spots that we need to fortify with courage. In his wonderful book, Born for Love, Leo Bascalia put fear and courage in great perspective when he wrote, the future is where we will spend the rest of our lives. And it is our choice whether we look forward with confidence and courage or walk blindfolded towards some ridiculous impending doom since tomorrows have a way of suddenly and dramatically becoming today's. It is, our ad, it is to our advantage to live more in the present and let tomorrow tell its own tale, end quote. In its most severe form, the fear of risk can render us unable to take the next step. Have you ever seen a person who suffers from acrophobia on a high place? 
he or she is so afraid that he or she can't even move. That's the way it is when the fear of risk paralyzes us. We act as if we are on this very high and very narrow ledge that we will fall from if we encounter a setback, thus rendering us inert. We need to have the courage that allows us to look that ledge squarely in the face and say that we can suffer a devastating fall if we give over to its power. This type of courage allows us to see opportunities as chances for success rather than occasions to fall off that terribly high ledge. Courage is defined by our determination not to quit when things get tough. It means being disposed to changing our ways when we realize they are not working. Our courage is manifest in our willingness to risk the unknown, to step out of our comfort zone and have the unfamiliar. In action, this means looking all of our excuses for sameness in the eye and growing in spite of them because we're worth it. It takes a huge amount of courage to face the new adventures, surprises, or moments of spectacular change. Courage is the ability to trust our capacity to live through the ache, frustration, and chaos that life will inevitably toss in our direction if we dare to swim the rapids of change. If there is a way to face and overcome obstacles without at least a little suffering, whether it be from frustration, fear, the loss of long-held belief, I haven't found it yet. There are those that seek other ways that are not as legitimate as suffering, such as doing drugs to avoid the pain. But this is what's known as a neurotic solution. Please believe me, you'll live through it. Success always demands a price. And in this situation, it's a little suffering. We cannot have one without the other, and we must have the courage to pay the price because the reward is so exceedingly worth the price. There are fears, fears that are realistic, such as being afraid to play in the path of on, oncoming traffic. And there are fears that are unrealistic. These are fears that are, un, that are conditioned with. For instance, a man who has a fear of trying something new will remain at, at a, in a dead-end job even when it is clear to us, all who know him, that he could do much better if he only went back to school. He is allowing his fear to stop him from reaching his potential. What we must do is learn which fears are valid and which ones are self-limiting. As soon as we expose our fears to the light of reason, the ones that are not real will begin to vanish. Then, the more we achieve, the more self-confident we will become, and the more of these invalid fears will be eliminated. A fear of not accomplishing what we set out to do prevents many people from taking on new challenges that would greatly enhance their personal development. If I thought it would help to delineate the many people that our society considers successful, from Thomas Edison to Michael Jordan, that had many more setbacks than successes, I would take the rest of this the rest of this episode to do just that. However, I think it suffices to say that nobody is 100% successful 100% of the time. The difference between the winners and the losers in the world is that the winners see their setbacks as opportunities to learn. 
they get right back in the game and try again. They realize that their world isn't going to end simply because they didn't reach their goal the first time out. Try this. Think back on your setbacks and instead of getting down on yourself for not reaching your goal, recognize and appreciate yourself for having tried and for having grown from the experience. Believe me, if you walked away from your setback, you grew from it. Now it's time for my final thought. Our society has been labeled, rightly I believe, success driven. But whether everyone agrees that our culture is driven by success or not, no intelligent individual can argue that our society does esteem success highly. In fact, our drive to succeed is one of the leading causes of heart attacks in this country. This pressure begins when we are children, continues through to adulthood, and comes from a variety of sources, primary caregivers, educators, colleagues, and the media. If you have listened to this episode all the way through from the first words to these words, then you would be aware, then you should be aware how inevitable it is to encounter setbacks and how very vital it is to bounce back. You should also know that it's the meeting of the setbacks and bouncing back that fosters our personal growth. We have seen some of the most successful individuals in the world meet their setbacks and were better off for it. Here are four more. One, Charles Goodyear, founder of Goodyear Tires, met setback after setback before he met with success. He even went to debtor's prison. Two, Steve Jobs, founder of Apple Computers, met with one of his setbacks when a Hewitt Packard executive said that he was of no use to HP because Jobs hadn't gone through college yet. Three, John F. Kennedy encountered two well-publicized setbacks in passing the New York bar exam before encountering success on his third effort. As a matter of fact, JFK became a hero after he had lost the boat he was in charge of and that boat sank in World War II. And four, at the beginning of the Black Hawk War, Abraham Lincoln held the captain's rank, but by the end of it, he held the rank of a private. Talk about a setback. So when we meet setbacks, we can rest assured that we are in some pretty good company as long as we bounce back. Individuals who accomplish something great experience their version of a crash, flop, or drop. But what made them winners was their courage to rebound. A winner falls down many times where a loser only once. Winners are individuals who can encounter a setback and show it who's boss. They may get splashed with the mud, which is almost always produced by a setback, but they choose not to wallow in that mud. They simply wash off that mud and keep on marching toward their goal. If there was a videotape of our entire lives we were able to view all of our setbacks, I bet we would laugh. We would see ourselves learning to walk. We would watch how we felt time after time, but kept getting up. We would probably wonder what happened to that resiliency. We would watch ourselves scrape our hands and knees, learning how to roller skate, but we were willing to pay that price. 
we would see these things and hopefully realize that life is a constant string of setbacks, mistakes, and blunders. It's how we choose to handle these things that is us that is of utmost significance. It is only natural that we don't feel at our best when encountering a setback. But the reality of the situation is that we have access to more of our resources during a time of adversity than at almost any other. If we come away from a setback with a correct attitude, we have gained more from it than we lost. Just look at some of what we have to gain. Insight toughness, a self-assurance that can persist through whatever roadblocks life places in our path. This all collaborates to make us a stronger, better person. But here's the rub. It's very difficult to remember all of this while we are in the midst of the storm. What I do when I'm going through a really tough time is to talk to a friend so that I can gain a clearer perspective. This allows me to come through the storm emboldened knowing that I have come through something that I will handle even better should I ever encounter it again. I would like to conclude this section with the words of John Keats, who said, don't be discouraged by failure. It can be a positive experience. Failure is, in a sense, the highway to success. Inasmuch as every discovery of what is false leads us to seek earnestly after what is true, and every fresh experience points out some form of error which shall afterwards carefully be avoided. Now, more words of wisdom. The first one is from an unknown source, but whoever it was said, a ship is safe in the port, but that is not what a ship is for. Robert Langton said, the flower that follows the sun does so even on cloudy days. The Buddha said, on a long journey of human life, faith is the best of companions. It is the best refreshment on the journey and it is the greatest property. Shakti Gawan said, what I am actually saying is that we need to be willing to let our intuition guide us and then be willing to follow that guidance directly and fearlessly. Albert Einstein said, anyone who is not lost in rapturous awe at the power and glory of the mind behind the universe is as good as a burnt out candle. Former basketball player, Greg Anderson said, think impossible and dreams get discarded, projects get abandoned and hope for wellness is torpedoed. Or let someone yell the words, it's possible, and resources we hadn't been aware of come rushing in to assist in our quest. End quote. Well, that does it for now. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Please join me for the upcoming episode next Tuesday when we will explore the emotional and psychological aspects of discouragement, faith, and belief. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at loveintent at comcast.net. Talk to you Tuesday and make your life a loving one. And please don't forget to share this with people that you love.